It's show 91 of the Rim Pro Report. Today, Jim Booth of Prism joins us. And we'll also get you caught up on the latest industry news. This show is sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software, who've been providing exceptional software for more than 30 years to the industry. Their software is installed in over 1,000 record centers in more than 80 countries, ranging from startups to large multinationals. If you're looking for software for your RIM service business, no matter where you are, check them out at O'Neillsoft.com. Methinks we should get on with this. Let's do it. Welcome to the Rim, Rim, Rim Pro Reports, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim support services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. Let's just end. This show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now, here's your host, Tom Adams. It's me, and we're back, and it's the end of May. And here in North America, summer seems to be upon us. I had my scooter buddy out on the weekend last weekend and was enjoying the extended Memorial Day weekend here in California, driving up and down the coast and uh, really enjoying the ocean and the incredible amount of stuff that's going on. And summer seems to be upon us. Kids are getting out of school or at least close to it. Many of us are starting to think about vacations, but there are others who have much bigger things on their mind this week. Today, we're going to talk to Jim Booth. He's got a lot on his mind. See, today is his very last day as the executive director of PRISM. He's been in that role for 12 years now, so this interview is his very last in the role. I'm both excited talking to him, but a little bit sad as well. I want to ask him about his last 12 years and find out what's next on his agenda. And we'll probably, in, in this interview, talk about a whole lot more. So before we do that, let's get you caught up on the most recent industry news. GRM continues to expand its footprint. This week, GRM announced opening of a brand new facility in Baltimore. This marks GRM's 11th major market entry following GRM's recent entry into both Boston and Houston. Congratulations to Jerry Glatt and the team at GRM. Hey, this is cool. O'Neill Data Tech announced uh, RM Bridge certification for Infolink System Solutions. Infolinks is a provider of enterprise physical records management software serving clients like Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Cedar Sinai Hospital, Capital One, and a whole lot more. With this certification, Infolinks clients are now able to seamlessly connect to record centers for service requests. That's kind of a cool new thing happening. Tomorrow, Prism International servers and telephone lines switch over to the new office in Chicago being managed now by Association Management Center. Given the extensive amount of effort put into the transition over the last year or so, I am hoping that it all goes extremely smoothly and welcome officially the new team coming on board to serve PRISM. And this will uh, unofficially, I guess officially, create the end of a transition for the current team at PRISM. And to them, we extend our best wishes and good luck and success in wherever their paths may take them. And we'll probably hear a little bit more about that in the next few minutes. 
Finally, this week and next week, I am uh, hosting a webinar about how to develop a content marketing strategy for your business. As the rules change in the area of search marketing and client attraction, the production and deployment of educational content is becoming more and more important to your success in lead generation. So if you want to get more information about that, you can check out my site at tomadams.com slash content. That's tomadams.com slash content. I'd love to have you on those webinars if that's something that interests you. Well, that's all for now. I'm going to get Jim Booth on the line and we'll be right back to talk to him on this final day of his reign as executive director of PRISM. Hold tight. Today is Jim Booth's last day as the executive director of Prism International. And while it's a bittersweet day, I wanted to have him on the show to celebrate the end of this era. Jim, are you there? I am here. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Uh, it's so good to have you on. You've been on the show a number of times through the last couple of years, but uh, this one is particularly different, I think, because of your move on from the hallowed halls of PRISM and to wherever you're going. So this transition has been two years in the making, and today it's officially complete. How are you feeling today as you end your run as executive director? Well, you know, it's been an absolutely magnificent experience for me. I have learned so much over the years from the members of the organization, had a lot of really good times. It's just been, it's been an extraordinary thing. And it's, you know, it's, it's always tough to make a change of this magnitude in your life, yeah. um, particularly for such, a, for such a big chunk of, of my life, 12 years, a long time. When, when, when I first started, my son was in kindergarten and he is graduating high school, God willing, uh, here in uh, about a week. So you know, it's been a it's been a long span of time, and I just cherish all the memories and and the friendships that I made along the way. Yeah, no, that's cool. So, in brief, tell me the story about when you started. Uh, how did you find the Prism job and some of the the very early experience in Prism? I got my start in records management as the director of marketing for Arma International and. Ken Hopkins, who has become a very good friend of mine, was the president of ARMA at the time and helped interview me along with their executive director. And I really got plugged into the community. Of course, you know, like everybody else who first encounters records, I mean, I thought it had something to do with the recording industry. And right. I, was, I was really hep on that. But right. that got me exposed to the commercial side of the industry. And then there was an opening that was for the, for the National Record Center's consortium, which was the predecessor of, the, of what is now known as the NRC. So uh, I left Arma to take the position of executive director there and moved that office from Chicago, where it was at Chicago Records Management inside their facility, down to Kansas City and managed it from there and got involved with PRISM at that point in time as a volunteer. I was on their membership committee and actually wrote a marketing plan for the organization, which, which was presented to the group, and they, they liked it and started to implement that. And about that time, April Ryan, who was executive director at the time, followed her heart and wanted to move to Canada to right. marry Ray Ganong, which she did. Right. And uh, so that created an opening. And Mike Holland, who was the president at the time, asked me whether I would be interested in the position. And I told him, yeah, very much. I, I like the organization and, and the, the people that were involved thought it was great. And, and away we went. When I first got to PRISM, it was uh, November of 1999. We had just started the joint symposiums with ARMA the year before. Yeah, It was sort of a little bit depressing, actually, because a lot of the folks who had been mainstays of the organization for a very long time 
had were either in the process of being acquired or had recently been acquired. Right. Um, and at that point in time, there were there were two major players doing the acquisitions: Iron Mountain and Pierce Leahy. And immediately after I joined the staff, of course, Iron Mountain and Pierce Leahy merged, <laughs> with uh, with Iron Mountain being the being the, the surviving entity. So I mean, there was just a, a giant wave of consolidation going on. Yeah. And one of the first challenges, you know, as we saw the membership numbers start to drop and drop, and particularly among mid-sized established family operations, independent operators, was to try and figure out how to turn that tide around. And, uh, you know, over time, with a great deal of persistence and help from a bunch of the corporate partner members and the membership committee and the board, we, we, we did turn that around. Prism is now twice as big as it was when I started. And uh, that's in the face of continuing consolidation. So that's, I think that's been a, a remarkable achievement and just shows the, the desirability of the industry for people who have been sort of playing in the space but not jumping in with both feet. Right. And, uh, and PRISM then becomes key to helping them professionalize their, their business operations and expand the vertical markets and services that they provide to clients. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, been a, it's been an interesting run. So who were some of the early people in the industry that had a dramatic influence on you after you took the job as uh, executive director? Do you recall any that sort of stand out to you? Oh, sure. The first person who sort of schooled me on the commercial side of the business actually predates when I started as executive director. When I, when I first started at NRCC, Lee Miller with, uh, with Andrews Software and Andrews Records Management at the time hopped on a plane and came to Chicago and sat down with me and said, now look, this is how the industry works. Really? And he walked me through all the different steps and particularly the hard copy side. I mean, we went into media a little bit, but he just walked me through all the steps and he said, now if you walk out, so the, the office for NRCC was actually inside Chicago Records Management. So yeah. I mean, if I wanted a I wanted a visual of what he was describing. All I had to do was walk out the door and look. So it, it really helped a lot to sort of understand that, uh, you know, the, the macro picture of the industry and how the pieces fit together. Right. Immediately when I came to the staff, the next person who sort of grabbed me by the collar and wouldn't let go was Mike Bailey, who had left Iron Mountain and was working for Reb. He said, look, we really need to focus on regulatory affairs. This is this is a really critical area for the members. We, we just started into this disagreement with the National Archives and Records Administration over the, the way the NARA facility standard was written. Yeah. And, and he said, you know, we've we got to do something about this. So that began a, a, a six-year protracted period of trench warfare with NARA, which ended in uh, NARA, much to their credit, making some alterations to six critical aspects of the facility standard that did make it much more affordable and reasonable for small businesses to be able to serve the federal records agencies as, as customers. Right. Those were probably the first two that really, in an, in an intense way, took me under their wing. And then there have been countless, countless others that have done, done the same thing. Yeah, you, you, you can't measure it. And I think one of the, <laughs> the incredibly cool things about this industry is the willingness of people just to do that. Just what, you know, Lee Miller getting on a plane and coming to see you, that's, that's cool stuff. And, and Bailey, who's been a significant part of this industry for a long time, th- those kind of relationships have been a huge part of this industry for me as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the, the thing that impressed me the most. And, and I, I'm, I'm assuming, although I don't know, I, I don't go back that far in the history, that 
somehow when either ACRC or NASDV or both of them merged with PRISM, they took that aspect of their culture with them. So yeah. that, that became a core of the PRISM culture, which has always been about openness and sharing. Yeah. And um, for those who are unfamiliar with the organization and come to their first conference, you can, you can just see their eyes get as big as saucers as they start to encounter these people who are their peers in the industry who talk so openly about their problems and solutions to problems. Yeah. And, I mean, that's just a, a super high-value element of PRISM. So looking back into the historical part of your job, when did you feel like you had settled into the job more officially? When did it feel like, okay, I kind of know where I am and I know where I'm going, and the the first wave of those acquisitions was kind of under your belt? But was there a time you went, yeah, okay, I, I kind of start, you started developing your own vision for where you wanted to take it and where you wanted to go? Was there a time when that sort of occurred for you? Yeah, I think probably in the 2002-2003 time frame, that's where I started to feel like we had we had righted the ship. We were all working together on a newly tweaked and formulated strategic plan that tied much closer to the actions of the committees. The, the growth was measurable. We, we added staff. The conference numbers were going up. So, I mean, I think there were just a lot of positive indicators about that point in time. And you know, that would have been during A.J. Wasserstein's presidency. He was a great president, and at that point, I think we, we started to hit on all cylinders. I mean, it's not that we weren't weren't before that point in time, but I just think there were smaller problems, and in some cases, problems that weren't so small, that, that had to really be solved, you know, from a governance standpoint or right. a policy standpoint or organizational standpoint to, to help the organization run better. And at that point, I think we really, we really the, you know, the engine really started to hum. Yeah. So many memories obviously come from 12 years in an industry and actually even longer, but, you know, 12 years leading and giving direction to a, you know, what we would consider a fairly small industry of a very cool industry and a wonderful industry, but quite small. But it's got to create a whole bunch of memories. Are there some memories that stand out to you in terms of events, in terms of things that occurred, in terms of times when you just went, oh, yeah, this is this is cool. We did something really amazing here. Oh, yeah. Well, there's just so many. It's it's almost impossible to, to start down that road, you know, without having a lot of time to explore it. Yeah. Um, I think, to, to speak in a little bit more general terms, I think the the success of the organization in moving from, you know, an organization that was international in name only to one that truly seeks to serve members around the world was a gigantic step and one that, you know, quite, quite frankly, is a bit scary. Yeah. I think the the board did a great job of you know uh, picking that path and devoting resources to, to to staying with that and investing in you know secretariat services and conferences in Europe and Asia and now Latin America and, and I think a lot of associations that are out there that are our size wouldn't even consider you know moving into the uh, into the global frame of things just because it's just too scary there's there's too much exposure Right. Um, and it's very, very hard. And the reward for members, particularly American members who should choose, or I should say North American, because I think Canadians learn a lot too, is to go to these international conferences in, in Europe or in Asia and see how the industry has adapted to the unique market conditions that are there. I remember the first time that really, that really hit home for me we were doing our third European conference in Copenhagen, Denmark, and we, we toured the Archivermet facility in Copenhagen. And Niels Eltorp uh, was showing off the, you know, what, 
you know, the the, the wrecking uh, the racking system that they had, and, and it was, you know, mobile racking that went back and forth on wheels, and right. people were just like, wow, that's really something. And then we turned around, and for open shelf filing, they had a they had a robotic tray picker system that was linked directly to their software, so that you know the work orders would literally feed right down to these these pods that controlled the tray pickers. And, um, and a, a single employee could easily pick 1,500 files a day just by punching buttons, and the, tray, the robotic tray picker goes up and grabs a tray, and the tray comes down, and it's four records cartons with no lids, and they just find the one they're looking for, and off, the, off they go. We, we hadn't seen anything like that in the United States, not that it didn't exist, but, I mean, the, the, the tours in the United States, they, did, they didn't have to adopt that sort of technology because you know, there wasn't the same type of real estate cost and there wasn't the same type of special client demand that made that, that possible yeah. necessarily. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's those kinds of experiences that are really rich as far as being able to see different aspects of the industry. Yeah, and wasn't it the recall facility in Singapore that had all the lift systems in it where the, uh, the yeah. guys just sat on the lifts and they were the width, the lifts just kind of ran up and down almost automagically? Oh, yeah. It was, uh, the, the facility is 145-foot-tall order picker system. Yeah. The type of crane that they use, I mean, they have one, one crane per aisle. It was really fun. It was sort of like something out of Star Wars in the beginning. So everybody was sort of gathered around in this alcove area looking. The aisles were completely pitch black dark. And then all of a sudden, one at a time, these, these cranes, you see the lights come on and they come swooping down. And it was just it was oh really it, that that was yeah I, that's what I'm saying that that's one of those memories for me that was always kind of cool is watching that thing occur and you went oh my goodness that's cool yeah it was very neat and we just don't yeah we we have the traditional order picker generally or the catwalk systems and that's really what we live with over here generally speaking and to see those kind of very unique environments is really eye opening and really quite intriguing. And, and seeing Singapore, you can understand why we're, the country itself is so small and real estate is so expensive. Yeah. That was quite an experience. Yeah. So looking back, were there any particularly frustrating things or events that you recall? And, you know, sometimes you can't say them, but it's your last day. So if you, you know, was there anything along the way that you started batting your head against the wall and going, there's got to be a better way? <laughs> yes, Absolutely. You know, there are frustrating things you encounter every day. Obviously, yeah. I'm not going to say what they were. Right. It's just like at conferences when, when people say, you know, you know, everything looks like it's running along just great. And, and my usual reply to people that I know is, well, if you haven't seen the problems, then we're doing something right because they're always there. <laughs> yeah. um, but hopefully they're, they're transparent to our customer, which is the members of PRISM. Yeah. You've led a team at PRISM. You've brought people on. Tell me more about the team you've worked with. They are awesome. They have been here. Uh, Melissa Burton has been here uh, six months longer than me. She actually started just before, and I remember when she, she took over as the sort of the staff liaison to the membership committee of PRISM when I was on that. She's done great, and I know we'll go on to do other great things as well. Wendy Gordon joined our staff next. The bookkeeping function that we had went through a major switch around and changed change of software and simplified and things like that. And uh, she had been with the the accounting firm of Thomas, Judy, and Tucker, and came on board and has done just a great job with not only that, but has also, for the longest time, was the really warm smile and voice you heard, you know, answering the telephone. And when we switched to the last two database systems for managing uh, member records, she was involved with both of those and, and managed that as well. Kathy Lewis came on board to fill a, uh, at one point in time, we outsourced all of our graphic design to an ad agency. 
in Raleigh, and, and, you know, it got to where we were paying them enough money to make any sense not to pull that staff person in-house and hire someone directly. So we went through a couple of stops and starts before we found Kathy, and Kathy's just the fastest, most effective production artist I've ever worked with, and just, just does a tremendous job and, and is fast, you know, just can juggle multiple projects, which is exactly the kind of thing you're looking for. Sam Autry actually was a friend of Wendy's, and I sort of hesitated before we hired Sam on because, you know, sometimes you're not you're not sure how to handle that where someone brings a friend on board, and you know, if there's a big blow-up or whatever, how that's going to affect work performance. But Sam has just proved herself time and again. She is the, the reception person here who answers the phone and manages the uh, PRISM community, the subscriptions to the PRISM community and the reporting functions there and also assist with the database functions and member processing. And then John Omer came on fairly late compared to the rest, but John, of course, had been in this business as an operator, PRISM member, former member of the board, was a graduate of the West Point class of 1962, and probably has forgotten more about this industry than (laughs) I'll ever know. Yeah, exactly. So he and Martha Mayer were instrumental in setting up something we've affectionately come to call generically our Getting Started panel, although it it changes names from time to time. But John called me after he had sold his businesses and said, you know, I'm not real sure what I want to do. I want to do a little consulting. And uh, at the time, the the board had said, we really need to focus more on membership development. So I, I just said, well, why don't you come work for me? And, uh, and he's done that, and he's done a fantastic job, not only with membership recruitment and following up with member leads and prospecting, but also he's just a real wealth of information to members who can call him and pick his brain as far as getting an operator's perspective, particularly in, in data protection, which is where he focused most right. of the time when he was in the industry. It's been a great team that you've had around you, and you know the bittersweetness of, of losing you has also sort of transpired into a whole transition and the whole staffing model, but... You know, you, you've had great people around you, and I, I believe strongly that they're going to find their own way and find some really cool things going forward for themselves. They definitely will. They're, they're all good people, and, and uh, they will land on their feet. Yeah. So this is a question that sometimes you ask in retrospect, but looking back over the last 12 years in your role, if you could go back and do something differently as the executive director of PRISM, what might you have done differently? Oh, my. You know... I don't know. I've not really reflected on that question. I mean, there there are lots of other things that I wish we could have done. Right. It's it's not that we didn't know to do them. It's the fact that where you are talking about a very small staff trying to service the whole world, there's only enough resources to go around so far. So some of the things we did not undertake, it wasn't so much from a lack of knowledge or expertise. It was just from a lack of resources and time. So we, we've, we've definitely neglected some important functions that we could have pursued. I think on balance, uh, we've given the members very high value for the dues they pay. Our conferences have greatly improved as far as educational content is concerned, and that's reflected in member evaluations. And, and I think members seem to be very pleased with the growth and development of PRISM International, and I'm sure we'll be even more pleased you know, as they move through the transition and the additional resources that are available through the new staff. Right. So I would have one thing I think I would say in relationship what you could have done differently as an executive director. And I think it's you should have played more music. <laughs> you know, you just didn't play enough music. I know you're a musician and you just didn't you didn't play the songs. Well, there's a story there. You know, um, at the time I was with Arma, I was sort of known as the, the singing director of marketing troubadour. You know, right. I would always take my guitar on the plane with me and, and I'd play 
the event and then the hospitality rooms and all that stuff. At the point I, I joined the PRISM staff, I sort of put that aside because I thought, you know, if I go in here toting a guitar around, I think it might make the board afraid. Uh, they, they, they might they might say, well, what kind of yo-yo did we hire and why is he running around with a guitar? So right. in, in the capacity as executive director, I just I put my guitar down for about for about 12 years. Right. But, uh, right. but I picked it back up just yesterday and I'm I'm practicing uh, now getting my calluses back and who knows, maybe there'll be a second CD before you know. Good. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Your personal transition, uh, obviously, as we just mentioned, sent the PRISM board into their own board transition process that has resulted in a move to an association management company. And, and that has been well talked about and much has been made about that in the, the last number of months. But if I were a fly on the wall and I was able to hear you give advice to Dave Burgess and the new executive director, what might I hear you tell him? Well... I don't want to, to divulge any confidences, but, right, no. but, but my advice to Dave uh, on a number of occasions has been that these are really wonderful members, that they're going to help you and they're going to support you, and you're going to have a ton of fun working with them. Dave is a very smart guy. Yeah. Um, he's a trained anthropologist, but he's been doing association management for 15, 16 years. So AMC is a very well-run association management company. They were voted one of the best places to work in Chicago, and that, I mean, Chicago is no small town, so I mean, that's saying something. They have different strengths that they bring to the equation that will change for the better, I think, the way that, that PRISM is moving forward. Uh, Dave has been extremely engaged, was very visible at the annual conference, had a yeah. ton of meetings with people, and, and you know, has, has spent a good amount of time with me, and, and uh, he's going to do, do great. So when one door closes, another one seems to open. Rumor has it that's what's happened to you. So tell us about the new door that is opening for you in your life. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it was <clears throat> it was a surprise to me. I, I, I got into a conversation with, uh, with Jeff Ice, who's one of the owners of Brightstone Insurance, in January when we were at the Privacy Plus Certification Workshop in Miami. And, and he floated an idea that I said, you know, well, I'll, I'll think about it. I, I didn't really take it very seriously. I've been doing association management for 30 years, so my thought process had always been that I will just move to another association as executive director. Right. But the more we talked, and, and we did talk, it seems like, on a, on a weekly basis uh, all the way through, and this, this idea began to take form, uh, it started to make a lot of sense. And that is my new position will still be engaged with the industry, although in a much different capacity. I, um, I will be the director of the Records and Information Management Practice Group for Brightstone Insurance. So I'll be, I'll be focused on, of course, insurance and risk management products for the industry as far as Brightstone is concerned. And then also there will be a, a, a consulting division of Brightstone, and, and uh, I will be engaged with the consulting division as well. So as a value added to clients and then also as a, as a separate service, it's possible still to engage me individually or others who may choose to affiliate with that group to come and do consulting, you know, client interaction, bouncing things off of somebody, c- compliance-related issues and all of that. So I'm very excited about that. That's the wow. part of my job. Yeah, that, that I enjoyed the most is being able to help members solve problems. And, 
and uh, you know, I'm glad I still be I'll be able to do that in my new capacity with Brightstone. Wow, that is so cool. So uh, you know, I I noticed you walking around Prism, and you had a, a sparkle in your your eye and bounce in your step that. I thought was really kind of cool. So that that is such great news. So when does yeah. that, you know, today's your last day. Are you giving yourself a little bit of a break? Uh, I am taking the month of June off. Oh, good. So, uh, so <laughs> it's sort of a mini sabbatical, but uh, it'll just kind of give me a chance to, to wind down from the prism issue so that I can begin to focus on my new role in Brightstone. My cell phone number, though, for those who have it, will not change. I'm taking the phone number with me. And you can find contact information now through Brightstone Insurance. So you can, uh, I, I think I'm listed, or if, if I'm not listed there now, I will be shortly. Very cool. I suspect that we'll have you on again in the future, given what you've just described. And that's, that's really kind of cool. But this is your last day as executive director. And as such, I'm offering you your final public platform to say anything you want to the industry. You know, my final public platform as the executive director you, you get this last shot to say whatever you want all right you ready <laughs> yeah. L- listeners you need to buy the book you are the logo by mr tom adams it's a great read and i think as you heard in my speech tom you and i think a lot alike about the the need to link individuals to the power of the brand yeah and I haven't finished it yet, so I can't comment on it completely, but from everything I've read so far, and I'm about halfway through, you're spot on, and uh, and I hope that members who are listening and, and will tell others, if because uh, I'm sure they've already bought it, that it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a tremendous book. And we're trying to make the, the, the digital side of the business a little stickier, like the box business. It's the kinds of techniques and strategies you describe in your book that are going to make that possible. I'm very grateful for you saying that, and that that was uh, in no way the intent of that of that opening and that opportunity. But <laughs> I know uh, I I'm I'm appreciative of that. But yeah, you you did talk a little bit about the whole transition to the digital world that you see from your unique perspective and some of your thoughts on it at Prism. And I, I'm sure that that's going to be available as a purchasable audio or something shortly because I, I I think what you talked about was was really valuable. And I wish we had more time to talk about that particularly but that that whole connection to the the digital realm and how we're going to become valuable providers of services in that area is is a really important transition in the industry you believe oh yeah i think it's it's vital for the future uh, for those who want to continue to control the relationship with the client i mean if you're willing to allow some other person some intermediary a consultant or purchasing manager or someone else to, to control that relationship, then it's probably not so important. But if you want to be in charge of that and maintain uh, the control over that relationship, you've got to engage in some kind of activity like that to, to create and generate expert power for your brand and, and right. for you, your company. Right. Yeah. I, I, actually, I don't think there was an audio of the conference. We didn't order it in. I, 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 informally, I know there exists a videotape of it because... Uh, one of our members in Saudi Arabia sent it to me for a look-see, but I asked him not to post it on the public area of YouTube, so I don't think it's going up there, but it's, it's, it, does, it does exist somewhere. Oh, okay. It was probably an important thing to say as you ended your term, and I think your perspective has been very helpful, but it's great to know that you're staying in the game, you're staying close, and I, I really want to thank you for being here, but more importantly, I want to thank you for your incredible years of service to the industry 
More importantly, I wish you great success as you go forward from here in your new role at Brightstone. It's very cool. I know you'll do great. It's been a pleasure to know and work with you these last years. I, I recall the the very first connection I had with you was I don't must it was before <laughs> Vancouver. And I was running a tiny little record center in uh, Ontario, Canada, and I, I didn't know how to afford to get to the conference. So I called you up and I said, how can I help? And been helping ever since. And ever since then, uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a great connection, and uh, you you have been uh, such a a huge supporter of mine, and I'm incredibly grateful for how much support you've given me over the years, and uh, and how much that's meant to me. And I'm highly appreciative, as I know so many in the industry are, of of the role you've played in our worlds and in our businesses and in our lives. So thank you. Absolutely, it's been my pleasure. All right, great talking to you, and we'll catch up again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Tom. Well, there you have it, Jim Booth. What a great conversation and uh, really an end of an era. So I want to thank Jim Booth for spending time with us on this, his last day in the industry. Well, I guess officially not he's going to be in the industry, which is kind of cool, but uh, in the role in the industry that he's been playing. I'm going to be extremely excited to watch how his new gig unfolds and how he develops and deploys and uh, makes cool things happen in in the work he does with Brightstone. So it was great to catch up with him, catch up on uh, where he's been over the years and, and all the stuff we talked about. Uh, fabulous. What a great guy. Hey, this show's been sponsored by our good friends at O'Neill Software. What impresses me about this company is not just their ongoing dedication to creating a great product. Uh, to maintaining great customer support and service, but the focus they have on that new development stuff. It's not about where they are today or where you are today. It's all about where you need to be down the road, and O'Neill continues to work at making sure that that whole infrastructure, that whole platform is prepared and ready as the world evolves and changes. And if you want to learn more about them, you can do so at O'NeillSoft.com. Dot com. Well, that's it for today. I hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you next week as we move into June. We are out of here. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.